trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroots Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Joe Motil Columbus, Ohio Mayoral candidate For the November 7, 2023 election. Joe Motil was born the seventh of 11 children and grew up in the Columbus Clintonville neighborhood. He graduated from Bishop Watterson High School, attended Youngstown State University where he played college basketball, and in his 20s aspired to be a professional jazz musician. Married for 37 years, he raised two children while working in the commercial construction industry as a union laborer of Local 423 for 24 years and worked as a construction safety professional before retiring. Since 1995, Joe ran for city council and state representative and has been active in citizen-driven ballot initiatives on voting rights, tax levies, and development projects that negatively impacted the environment. He fights structural racism and advocates for our unsheltered, for police reform, community policing, for historic preservation, for creating affordable housing, parkland protection, and for strengthening public education through his long-standing fight against the city's tax abatement policy. Welcome, Joe. Thank you, Carolyn. Great to be here again. Appreciate it. So your website states you are the people's mayor and your Facebook page calls you the mayor of the people and for the people. If you are elected in less than three weeks, what's the first action you will do as mayor for the people of Columbus? Well, first of all, if I when I do get elected in three weeks, I, I have to really start looking at my administration and who my director is going to be. I'm going to be sitting down with each current director and discussing with them my policies in terms of whether or not they want to you know, get on board with me. So that's going to be the most important thing. And, and just really getting a feel for uh, you know, serving as mayor and meeting with people and things of that nature. But there's so much going on right now. And I would say, I mean, safety and affordable housing are the two top issues that are really going to be uh, draw my attention currently, because as we all know, uh, housing is getting out of reach for too many people and the safety in, Col- in the city of Columbus and, and the violence and homicide rate has been escalating for years now. So those are going to be the two main issues that I'll be uh, faced with immediately. All right. Your Facebook page quotes, Columbus needs a mayor with vision and the political courage to lead and who is not owned by others. So what is your vision for Columbus? Well, you know, my vision for Columbus is really is for other cities to look at us in terms of how do we address, you know, poverty? How do we address affordable housing? What are what are our initiatives and the solutions that are different from those of other cities and how we view those of the underserved in our community rather than just uh, the rich and powerful that control this city? And, you know, we, we have sorely lacked a decent uh, transportation system in Columbus for decades. We turned uh, turned away $400 million uh, back when Kasich was governor uh, that could have been used for transportation. Our CODA system here is is mediocre at best. And it's kind of concerning to me because we're a city that's growing, you know, day by day 
uh, with development, more people come into the city of Columbus. But we are putting the cart before before the horse because people keep saying, well, we're going to use transit. We, we don't have to rely on cars as much, but we don't have a transit system that supports that. And that's the problem right now with, with you know, in terms of our uh, transportation system. Again, our priorities have to be the people in our neighborhoods. And every election year since I've been running since 1995, the incumbents, Mayor Ginther, uh, city council incumbents, it's the same thing over and over. It's almost like the Groundhog Day movie where they say, we're going to take care of the people in neighborhoods first, blah, blah, blah. And right after election day, it's right back to business as usual. It's the pandering to developers. It's the pandering to corporations, to the Columbus partnership and, to, and taking care of their needs first. And that's got to change because if it doesn't change, we're going to continue going down the same road we've been going down for the last 20 to 30 years here in Columbus. And, and they keep making their promises and other people that are involved directly with our pol local politicians, and the machine that runs this city, uh, continue to buy into it. And we have to stop doing that. We'll get back to the Columbus Partnership and the uh, powers that be that run Columbus. Um, I'd like you to address the issue of uh, the houseless and affordable housing and what you've been doing to raise awareness and also to improve the situation. Sure. Uh, about two years ago, I was invited by some of the uh, more vocal homeless advocates in the city of Columbus to visit an encampment and get a better feel in terms of, you know, what actually goes on and such. And it's been a true eye opener ever since. Uh, I have witnessed, you know, encampments being swept. I have spoken directly to the, the unhoused that live in these encampments and understand what their issues are in terms of mental health, drug addiction and such. I volunteer at the different distribution points uh, that take place at one in particular every Saturday at 6 p.m. out on South High Street. Uh, I also was involved uh, myself and five other people who were arrested for um, putting tents in the front yards of the city council president, city attorney's office, uh, city attorney, and also a council member back in August of last year, protesting the lack of housing po uh, homeless policies uh, for transitional housing for our unhoused. And we spent the night in jail for about 10 hours. And miraculously afterwards, two weeks, uh, city council found $300,000 to put those 14 residents of what was called Camp Shameless uh, into a hotel on the east side. So it worked, but still, the, uh, the city government right now, our current mayor has no policies in terms of transitional housing. I want to create tiny villages. I want to rent uh, perhaps and lease out hotel spaces where there's some of them are actually empty on like, for instance, Route 161 and Morse Road. Uh, we can rent spaces out. We can actually build more transitional housing as well. But the problem is when you sweep a camp, these people have nowhere else to go. And right now, the waiting list to get into a shelter is over 400 and it is as that's as high as it has ever been we had 300 people homeless people die between 21 and, and 2022 in the city of columbus and it's just again it's it's like until we start prioritizing these needs and and this is going to get worse you had i believe it was 61,000 evictions were filed over the last three years in columbus now that is filed so, and it's going to get worse unless we start really addressing our affordable housing situation. Right now, the mayor's uh, policy is zoning reform, which is needed, a bond package of $250 million and $80 million of that is going towards affordable housing to build affordable housing. And the other is tax abatements for set-aside units in exchange for set-aside units. That's not going to work. You know, and, and what they, is that, Joe? That, that is when a developer 
developed a, a apartment building, let's say 100 units and in a what's called a community reinvestment area or CRA. And they get a 15 year, 100% tax abatement. And in order to get that tax abatement, they have to provide 10% uh, of the units for 80% AMI or approximately $54,000 a year or 100% AMI, which is about in, in Franklin County, roughly $64,000 a year. Now that's changed. The formula has changed somewhat. Now they can do like 30% uh, at 80% AMI and I think 10% AMI or 10% 60 AMI, or you can buy out your option. So that is something that we've argued about. But that's that's a meager amount of affordable housing units that's being generated through that. My so, go ahead. Good. I want to know your vision. Yeah, my my proposal is, and actually, two years over two years ago, when the city and county received their American Rescue Plan dollars from the federal government during during COVID, they uh, the county received two hundred fifty five million. The city received one hundred eighty seven million. And I suggested at the time. Yet both of them put in $60 million each, which would have been $120 million of that money. And the Columbus Partnership also throw in $60 million, which would have been $180 million. And they could have built between five and 6,000 units of affordable housing for people making $40,000 or less, but they refused to do so. They Only the county has spent $25 million of their money, and the city of Columbus has not spent one single dime of their American Rescue Plan dollars on affordable housing. I suggested in that letter as well to the CEO of the Columbus Partnership, Alex Fisher, that they create their own affordable housing trust fund. They are the 80 largest corporations, developers, and institutions in central Ohio the most wealth, wealthiest, I should say, too. And they can certainly afford to be a partner as a, in the Columbus Partnership in addressing our affordable housing crisis. I have also suggested that we raise uh, part of our hotel motel tax goes towards an affordable housing trust fund, only 8.43%, which is very meager. And there's also money that goes towards marketing through Columbus Experience and also through the cultural arts. I have suggested that that 8.43% be increased to 25%. Some of that money be reduced from the arts because this, the arts now receive an art tax in the city of Columbus. And last year, they got $8 million from that art tax. They can afford to take a cut. I'm, in, I'm Believe me, I, I am a musician and an art collector, and I'm all in favor of supporting the arts. But there can be money taken away from the Columbus ex, uh, experience Columbus as well. We need to, we need to generate more revenue to build more affordable housing. I've also proposed an excise tax on abandoned homes that people are just sitting on in gentrified neighborhoods that basically create more of the broken windows theory because they're sitting there vacant, broken glass windows, drug deals taking place outside of them. They deteriorate neighborhoods. Get these out-of-state landlords to start putting these houses on the market or we tax them extra and that money goes towards an affordable housing trust fund as well. So okay, Joe, that's a lot. And I know you have more, but let's continue on to other issues. Sure. Public education, what's going on in Columbus? Yeah, right now there's a school levy that's on the ballot and that levy is for basically $270 per $100,000 of appraised value of somebody's home. So if you've got a $200,000 home, in Columbus, you're going to be looking at a $540 increase on your property taxes. There is also a school levy that, or I'm sorry, a library levy on the ballot that's going to add about $50 per $100,000. And in the in the count, Franklin County right now, uh, the county auditor is doing their their triannual uh, reappraisal of property taxes. So those are going up. 
And it's it's a very difficult time uh, for for people to to vote in favor of these levies, uh, especially when property taxes are already going up and they're looking at more. You know, I'm a huge supporter of public education and I, I, I could not in good conscience support this levy because of what I think it's going to do in terms of uh, increasing rents because, you know, landlords are going to raise their rents as well, too. And the impact it's going to have on senior citizens, on fixed incomes, minorities and people like myself who, who is on a fixed income. So I, I couldn't in good conscience do that. And, and I, uh, you know, I, I stated to the teachers union during my endorsement screening that I'm not going to campaign against this, but I cannot uh, support it. And I, you know, I, I marched, I struck with them last year. And the other reason is my opponent has given out $600 million in tax abatements over the last six years alone. Let's talk about that. Sure. Yep. Tax $600 abatement. million. I mean, in Columbus, Ohio, the most, most of the property tax revenue goes towards uh, the Columbus City Schools. That's how it's it's funded. So when you're giving out tax abatements to corporations like Huntington Bank, UPS, AEP, Abbott Labs, uh, Cover My Meds, Easton Polaris, and those types of institutions and developers, it's defunding public education. And with six hundred, the six hundred million dollars in tax abatements that were given out, two hundred and twenty million dollars was in revenue was lost to Columbus City Schools. And you've got a mayor who actually, my opponent, who supports the um, the levy. But in the, in the in the other side, here he is defunding public education. And I'm just thinking, well, what a hypocrite. I mean, you know, this these have got some of these deals have to be repealed. I'm not entirely against the tax abatements as long as they're used for affordable housing and to keep rents low. But for major corporations like UPS, Coca-Cola, Huntington, I mean, it's absurd. It's, it has to stop. And it's and uh, I will put legislation on the ballot to repeal those types of uh, what's called an enterprise tax abatement. Excellent. Let's talk about crime and policing in the city of Columbus. Um, My position has been for quite some time, uh, as my website indicates, that we need to start looking at, you know, the underlying issues in terms of these neighborhoods where most of the crime has taken place. And that's poverty. That's public education. That's, uh, you know, workplace development, child care, health care, things of that nature you know, just reinvesting back into people's lives and into the neighborhoods. Many of these young people who have been, you know, involved with this the criminal activity, this is almost like generational uh, poverty and generational problems that have, they watch their parents suffer and they look outside of their window. And like I said, they live in areas that are just like war zones and they just think nobody cares about them and that they don't have a future and they've seen their parents struggle and what are they going to do and they get attracted to crime unfortunately and it's just it's it's an ongoing thing that's been going on for too long and once again during an election you hear you hear the same thing cries on television commercials from my opponent and others that you know neighborhoods first people's first but this is this has been a continuing problem for a long time and our current mayor takes no responsibility or accountability for it. We also, our judges and prosecutors have to do a better job in terms of, uh, there has to be consequences for our youth in terms of what they're doing. And I've said, you you know, I'm not in favor of locking them up and throwing away the key. We have to find, you know, help them with mental health, behavior, uh, behavioral health and stuff like that. We have to let these parents know what type of services are available for them as well. 
there has to be more done about the drug activity, uh, law enforcement in terms of, you know, deterring it and, and more uh, of that as well, because the drug activity and trafficking in the city of Columbus is it's it's really gotten out of hand. And that's what's cr- causing a lot of these uh, these issues in terms of crime and policing. We have to also provide like uh, there, there's been plans like uh, for uh, community uh, cameras uh, that that are nonprofit organizations that will provide cameras to individuals that have actually worked to help solve crimes. And, and these are home uh, residential homes that have cameras. They can provide that film footage to the police department to help solve crimes and to, you know, to see what's going on in their neighborhoods. Some people are thinking it's a little bit too much, too much big brother, but you know, we've got cameras all over the place anymore. And I think the more that we can see, I think the better it's going to help. There's uh you know, I'm, I'm, much in favor of, you know, different or- nonprofit organizations that are helping our youth to, you know, serve as mentors and things like that. But there also has to be oversight in terms of those organizations to make sure that they're actually being effective. And we're not just, get, you know, writing somebody a check and giving it to them and the head of the organization's making a salary and not doing what he's, he's claiming to be done. And I think that's another issue. You just can't write checks as the mayor is doing and just throw them across the desk and say, here you go and wash your hands of the problem, say I've done my job. And that's what he's done with with either crime and issues like that. And also with the shelter board, he'll write the shelter board a check. And he says, well, I'm taking care of, you know, the, the unhoused in our community by writing them a check and saying, here, it's up to you now. We should be, I mean, you know, one of the things that I called for in terms of the unhoused was that we should build our own warming centers and cooling centers, the city. Rather than last year, what they did was at the last minute, they tried to find some empty building somewhere and, and try and approach the owner and said, hey, can we lease your building for three months over the winter to create a warming center? And then it was staffed with people that weren't qualified to to staff these uh, warming centers. So again, I think we need to do a lot more. I, we have to do a lot more for really going to address these problems. All right. Well, um, poverty, I think, is a big factor of crime and violence. And you as a mayor in a state that is a home rule state, over 100 years ago, we were given or we won the right to have home rule cities. Um, The city of Columbus is a municipality and it has home rule rights. But we've seen state preemption. State lawmakers um, take away our right to raise our minimum wage, take away our right to uh, legislate gun control, take away our right to leg- to do any kind of protection towards oil and gas extraction and waste disposal. And now there's even word that there, there might be folks that want to take away home rule for ranked choice voting if Columbus wanted to decided they wanted to install ranked choice voting. So as a mayor, where do you stand on home rule and municipalities right for self-governance? Yeah, it, it's a shame. Uh, and I think we need to fight it more often. I, I, I unfortunately believe that the gun reform and gun restriction rule is not going to succeed here in Columbus. And I think that's it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can appreciate the attempt, but I don't think it's going to work. But several years ago, as you stated, like for minimum wage, I actually tried to uh, start a petition in terms of Columbus creating its own uh, minimum wage. And there was actually a, a law director in Canton, Ohio, who said it could be done. And here in Columbus, of course, we can't get our city attorney to fight anything unless it's something that's going to put his name in a paper. Uh, Also, another example of it is when we had our petition out for rent control, 
uh, uh, just a year ago. And the city out of nowhere, oh, I'm sorry, the state legislatures out of nowhere preempted our rent control ballot initiative. And But there is language in that legislation that actually provides uh, voluntary agreements and things of that nature. But our city attorney has directed our city council members to say uh, there's nothing that can be done. But in fact, there is. And he is not as far as I know, not yet. And we are pushing him currently to do something about it and look at that legislation and say, hey, it's right there. It says that there are ways around this. And I think, you know, we have to continue to try to fight it if there are legal grounds that will allow us to do so. Or, I mean, resolutions just aren't going to get it. You know, we're going to you know, make a resolution for clean water in Columbus and blah, 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 blah. But that really doesn't affect anything. We, we need strict legislation that's going to have a positive impact that will actually say, you know, OK, you can't do this in the city of Columbus. You can't frack within the county. You can't do that. And uh, those are the types of things that we have to do and really fight for. But we have to have a city attorney's office that's willing to put up that fight and not just pick and choose to make himself look good. As the mayor, don't you have um, some influence on who is your city attorney? No, nah, he's elected. City attorney is elected, un- un- unfortunately. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he's an elected official. Okay. Well, um, as you know, I've been working for 12 years to protect Columbus watershed from the frack waste dumping, which is radioactive and toxic. And and the group I've been working with is the Columbus Community Bill of Rights. And we've gone through four ballot initiatives and the same city council, which could put the ballot charter amendment on the ballot, have refused to do that four times to protect, let Columbus voters vote on it. And if refused four times for the same reason of state preemption, fear of getting sued. All right. But as a mayor, will you take a stand? Will you fight for local issues that, you know, our community needs? Oh, absolutely. And I've been involved with many of those campaigns. And that's why, like you said, the city council has the authority to actually do it with a with a I believe it's a just over a major, two thirds of a vote. And so there would need to be five, I guess, five city council members uh, will change to nine. So it'll probably be six uh, to allow it to go on the ballot without, you know, or uh, community organizations like yours and mine and other ones to have to go out there and try to get those signatures to get it on the ballot because there's only been one ballot initiative that was ever put on the ballot in the city of Columbus and that was for the districts that was for true districts not the fake city council districts uh, election that we're going through right now so actually yeah I would I would I have a seat at every city council meeting as mayor I have a voice at every city council meeting they can't limit me to three minutes I can talk as long as I want and I'm going to take advantage of it as mayor of Columbus. I'm going to be at as many city council meetings as possible. And I'm going to voice my concerns and I'm going to let them vote. And then we'll make make sure that the people of Columbus know where they stand on these issues. So I want to see those legislation on the agenda on Monday nights. And I will put it on the agenda on Monday, Monday nights and we'll see how they vote on it. And that way, at least we will put them in a position to say they're for or against this. Okay, this is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio, and I'm talking with Joe Motil, and he is a candidate for mayor of Columbus. We voted on in less than three weeks. I want to continue with this issue because it's near and dear to my heart. I want to share continued concerns about the water. One is um, this statement is from Greg Pace, my colleague. He says Mayor Motil needs to understand that the threat of contamination from oil and gas production waste in Morrow and Delaware counties 
is largely ignored by the watershed management planning as a risk to our city's water. The thing about oil and gas well and injection well waste is that once an underground natural pathway is found by this waste, it is a conduit that will be almost impossible to be stopped. A surface spill such as from an overturned brine tanker, truck, if in the wrong place, could shut down our water system for a period of time until the contamination is diluted. And then just this week, my colleague Kathy McLone's letter to the editor was published in the dispatch, and it says this, threats to our water supply will scare you. There have been a lot of ads on TV explaining how Mayor Ginther is helping neighborhoods and tempting to take guns out of communities. It should be noted that water is life, and the continual flow of palatable water is an important role of the mayor. Ginther was given the Columbus Community Bill of Rights Coalition's white paper entitled The Risks to the Greater Columbus Water Supply from Oil and Gas Production. Everyone should read this paper, which can be found on the Columbus Community Bill of Rights website. And there are many things which are eye-opening. One of the scariest items in this paper is that Columbus does not have a contingency plan if our water becomes contaminated. There are lots of threats to our water supply. Threats include, but are not limited to, abandoned wells, truck accidents, brine spreading, and leakage from the injection wells themselves. Where gun safety and social programs are important, all life depends on water. The core issue of water safety needs to take precedence. Will you commit to studying the Columbus Community Rights Coalition white paper, the risks to the greater Columbus water supply from oil and gas production, and then work with the Columbus Water Department to address and take action to ensure that the Columbus Metro water supply will not be contaminated by current and future oil and gas production and waste disposal within your first quarter, Joe Motiel? Sure. And I haven't read the paper, I have to admit to that. But when you mentioned Delaware and Morrow counties, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was me was the Allen Creek Reservoir, which is actually located up that way. Uh, towards, in, I think part of it is actually in Delaware County. And that, that is a concern. And I wasn't aware of the fact that there were, uh, you know, some oil wells and things of that nature that were being drilled up in that particular area. So that that's a huge concern. And, and I think also, and not that, I mean, you have to think about it, but uh, in terms of terrorism, if somebody were to contaminate, you know, our reservoirs and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's always been talk about uh, going after, you know, our, our utilities and things of that nature, our electric uh, power and so, power grids and source like that. But, uh, you know, there's always the possibility for that. And what are we going to do about it? So that, that's a great point and something I have to admit that, you know, I haven't thought about and uh, something that you can find. You can you can read it at ColumbusBillOfRights.org. OK, and uh, I'll make sure you get that link. Uh, Joe Motiel, for mayor of Columbus, where can folks get information and sign up to help your campaign you can get information on my website joe motil j-o-e-m-o-t-i-l.com there's a my a much of my platform is there you can donate you can volunteer there uh there's a few events left uh, before election year we're looking for people to hand out literature at the board of elections for early voting and we're looking for people to hand out literature at polling locations on election day tuesday november 7th that's a big that's a big plus because we're fighting the sample ballot as everybody knows and a lot of voters when they go to vote 
they grab that sample ballot like it's a winning lottery ticket when they're going into the polls and they really don't know who they're voting for. They're just doing their civic duty and saying, you know, I voted today and these are the people I voted for. I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, but uh, we need we need people at the polls and, and such. I have my Facebook page, my Twitter account, Instagram. It's all out there. I'm, I'm all over the place. Phone numbers on there, email address. I'm very, very easy to get a hold of. Thank you so much for running. Thank you so much for standing up for the people of Columbus. It's, it's my pleasure, Carolyn. Thank you for having me on again. Everybody, go out and vote and vote for Joe Motil for mayor of Columbus. You've been listening to Grassroots Ohio with Columbus, Ohio mayoral candidate for the people, Joe Motil. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on 91.9 FM Columbus, we now air at 2 p.m. on Sundays at WCRSFM.org in Columbus and on Sundays at 4 p.m. at 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.